Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you a Yeovil Town fan? Do you want to help shape the future of Yeovil Town Football Club? The Glovers Trust exists to give Yeovil Town fans a democratic voice in the running of the club. Our aim is to strengthen links between the club and the local community it serves, and to engage with as many Yeovil supporters as possible. So, join the Trust today, and together we can build a stronger Yeovil Town football club. To find out more and to become a member, visit glovers-trust.co.uk and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis, he could win it! He probably has won it for Yeovil! Oh, and it's an opening goal! What a start! Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead! Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Hello and welcome to the Glovers Cast. I'm Ian, and this evening to talk all about Dover, I've got Dave Coates. Good evening. Ben Barrett. Guten Abend. And Elliot Watts is here, finally warmed up from an afternoon on the Thatcher's Terrace, watching what must have been a thrilling game of football against the basement side. How was it? <laughs> Good evening. Thanks for having me. Uh, pretty poor. <laughs> lot, lot of two out of sevens. Uh, as, as high as two <laughs> there was a lot of two out of sevens it was a cold day at Hughes Park um, the weather wind, got a two out of seven did it? the weather was a one out of seven <laughs> I honestly came home after the match and had a shower and I was getting colder as I was stood there Like I just wasn't thawing out it was so cold <laughs> To be fair, Elliot, mate, you're supposed to get in the shower. It's the only way it's going to work. <laughs> you stand outside, it's not going to work. You're going to get in the thing to warm up, mate. That's the, that's the key. It's not allowed back on the Thatcher's end anymore. No, it's, absolutely not. It's one of those where when you sit in the car after the game as well, that it just cannot get warm quick enough. And even by the time you get home, it's like still cold, blowing air. Yeah. when I go home anyway. But yeah, I just want to clarify that I wasn't there, so I won't be held to account for another dismal afternoon at Hewish Park. Did have a touch of the Perkins about it, didn't it? it, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, had that vibe about it—a Perkins type vibe. Especially when you look at the highlights. Yeah, the highlights. Well, apart from a spectacular first goal, as BT Sport described the uh, the Dover goal. Go on, what? So you were you were stood. Uh, behind the goal weren't you watching that one was it a spectacular goal was it wind assisted or was it just a bit of a blooper from the man who we really bigged up on uh, Friday morning um so 
it was one of those that afterwards you have the argument shot across and they'll say he shot he never shot it was a it should have been a routine save i would say um just came across in front of smith and i really backed smith for catching those or palming them away and he's just palmed it into his net really there's nothing more to say than that now that was what one minute 30 into the match and it just set the scene for what was to come for the afternoon um but yeah he's never he's never shooting there he was just putting a simple cross in and no there was no one there to be on the end of it either um yeah going away to start the game where does it fall on the uh, Stephen warnock scale of wind assisted goals at hewish park <laughs> I don't think it was that wind assisted, personally. Oh. <laughs> Awkward. I yeah. would need to see it again to clarify, but it didn't look very wind assisted from the factors. It almost looked like he went to like catch it with the wrong hand and like bring it in yeah. one-handed when you look at the highlights back, but he just like slaps it in like a I, don't I know. think I think he was trying to push it over his own bar and just got his positioning all out of whack and thought he was probably closer to his line than it was tapped it behind him and kind of went, oh, God, goal's there. And, yeah, just one of those horror moments. As someone who's done a bit of goalkeeping, we've all had them. We've all had them. We've all been Even there. the greats, eh, Ben? Even the greats. Even the greats. Like <laughs> yes, exactly. St. Nicholas, 4th 11, number if one. Good enough for, uh, if it's good enough for Grant Smith, then it's good enough for any of us. We've all been there. I think Smith's allowed a blooper as well, to be honest. Oh, the yeah. The season yeah. he's having, let's be fair to him. I mean, he's pulled off some unbelievable performances over the last couple of weeks. The one one blooper. We should have gone up the other end and corrected the error earlier than we did. And the first half just followed the same tone. We we didn't look like a team who knew each other. I think he made the a good save in the second half, that one when he was the one on one. So he more than redeemed himself in that situation because that could have been that would have been game over, I think, at that point. There's been a few occasions. I, I saw uh, one up at Stockport. He stays big for so, so long. Strikers, they want their goalkeepers to um, commit one way or the other and just make their mind up for them. Time and time again, he just stays there and stays there and stays there. We're talking milliseconds, but he keeps himself so big. And that was the one that, what we saw in the one-on-one. I remember a couple at Stockport where he did exactly the same with Paddy Madden. Um, yeah, look, bit of a howler, bit of a stinker, but He's more than enough in credit. Ellie, you've probably seen a little bit more of him recently than, than, than I have. Um, he's becoming one of our real consistent players, isn't he? Absolutely. And you're totally right there. He had, he had two things to do all day yesterday, I think. And one of them, he fumbled into his own goal. And the other, he made an unbelievable save. Nine times out of ten, you're banking on him. One-on-one situations. I don't think I've seen the keeper recently so confident in those situations. And if you compare what we've had over the last couple of seasons, he is a massively influential player. And over the last four or five games, him and the defence have been so sure, so sure that we don't really look like conceding. Um, and even yesterday, they they scored the goal. They had the one-on-one chance. And to be fair, Don Ma- Don- Dan Moss, should I say, um, made an incredible tackle in the first half in a one-on-one situation where I don't know how he's managed to sort of come behind the ban, take the ball, then take the man and get out of a situation that they probably should have scored another from. So the defence, again, didn't really let us down yesterday. Um, we just couldn't do anything further at the pitch from there. Going to say in that first half, I listened to it on the radio. They were talking about the wind, uh, obviously, and uh, but then everything seemed to be playing it long in the first half. So many, uh, and I mean, I'm not a professional footballer, but you know, if you kick a ball into the wind, you've no idea where it's going to be. And when you look at the players that we've got with the likes of Wakefield and Knowles, you know, getting the ball down and letting them run with it seems like a much better logic, doesn't it? I mean, was that the problem that they were trying to kick a ball into the wind and then hope that it was controlled? Yeah, the way I saw the first half definitely was one of those performances like we see England put in so many times where they can't break a team down. Mm. Um, like imagine England playing Moldova, for example, who set up with 11 men behind the ball in their own half, hard to break down, and they're just lumping it up to the big man up top. And that was that was the shape of the first half, most definitely. The ball would play around the defence and then get launched up and then come back at us. And it was just repeat cycles time after time. Disappointed Ben didn't get Moldova there. I'd have thought, I thought Dover, Moldova, that would have been one for you there, Ben. Oh, yeah, you're right. 
that's it's sleepy great, for yeah. me chariot racing yeah. i know yeah sorry i've had a, i've had a long day yes great great <laughs> call there <laughs> do you think elliot do you think that was do you think that was a deliberate tactic or do you do you just thinking it was players not quite being on their game and, and resorting to plan b emergency plan tactics or do you think we went out there with the idea of they're gonna sit 11 men behind the ball let's just go longer um i think the early goal probably probably put the frankness into us and we were okay. we were trying to do everything to get up top um whereas last few weeks we've been breaking teams down and we've been getting quite good at it like we've been using the flanks, we've seen Barnett running down the wing, we've seen Knowles and Wakefield picking the ball up and looking really confident. And in the first half, there was none of that yesterday. Um, I wouldn't say that that would have been the plan. I mean, Sol was losing his head on the touchline in the first half yesterday. You could see him really quite frustrated by it. Um, and the fans were getting on their back. And the more that that was happening, the more that it kept happening. Um, so... Half time, we needed half time so much more than they needed it. Um, for the first time in weeks, we've been we've looked like we would score most games, but in that first half yesterday, we didn't look like we'd get near the goal. Yusuf sort of was non existent. He probably, I've been backing him recently as putting in improved performances, um, and he was way off the mark, especially in the first half yesterday. But he scored the equaliser. He did. No, he did not. <laughs> Never take a goal off of a left back in Elliot Watts's world. <laughs> not left back like Jordan Barnett either. Um, you had a but, previous left back that was like Jordan Barnett as well, didn't it? Something about you in left backs. Top tackling left backs. He no, he never touched it. I think the highlights will probably show that he never touched it. Um, Barnett's only crossed the ball, to be fair. It's never shot across situation, and I don't think it was a shot. Um, Yusuf didn't get on the end of it, but it did go in. Um, three or four times in the lead-up to that, though, Yusuf had found himself offside, offside time and time again. And I was actually worried that we might see the flag come up on the left-hand side when the ball went in. Wilkinson was there as well, wasn't he? They both looked like they both were trying to claim the goal as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was pleased to see Wilco rushing them back to mm. get a move on to get the three points because a point wasn't a point. A point in the grand scheme of things with our form is okay, but wasn't really acceptable against the opposition we had yesterday. I don't know what you guys think about a point against bottom of the league who haven't won at all. Well, we talked about it on Friday, didn't we? It was almost like we talked it into yeah. reality. Yeah. <laughs> we bigged up Smith. We bigged yeah. up how we were playing with, you know, the wide players. We bigged up how we start really well and don't give teams a chance to breathe. And instead we threw the ball in our own net and didn't use the wide players. And it <laughs> went a bit yeah. wrong. The Marcus was talking up uh, out of Yusuf as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Set, yeah. <laughs> We had done for the last couple of games, as you say, but yeah, is Maybe. it our fault then? Could be, well, could be, yeah. But well, well, I mean, obviously, the last time I went at home was the Weymouth game. We had that Woking game in between where I think we did okay. Um, like you said, going behind so early, do you think that sort of set the tone for the afternoon? And then the supporters who've you know not been for a while probably thought they were coming back to see a team that you know was totally different from the one that had a bit of a horrible patch the last time we were at home you turn up at huge part when you're playing bottom of the league and you won well we were unbeaten in six games is that right yeah and you turn up expecting to put three or four past them and really really announce yourself in the that the top half of the table we could have gone 10th yesterday to win um and the fans did expect it but the fans should expect it when you're playing opposition of that level so yeah it's at the tone and people getting on their backs but actually the team I think the team's tired I do think the team's tired there's not much resource there and I think it really showed yesterday that there's they're being flogged 90 minutes every three to four days and something's got to give eventually something has got to give and you're not going to put in six out of sevens every week and the trouble is everyone had a two out of seven yesterday i mean worthington got hooked in the second half 
and I'm Worthington's biggest fan, but I thought he didn't put in a good performance whatsoever yesterday. His passes were wayward. Um, he didn't look in the game. He he didn't look like he positionally knew where he was. And Worthington's not had a run of, or he's had a run of games, but every now and again he drops outside, and or picks up a niggle or something like that. Whereas he's probably pay, played ninety minutes in all seven of those games, and it's not it's no real surprise that where there's no squad rotation, you can't just drop a player in and drop a player back out and mix it up a little bit. That players are tired. Will Wilco after sixty minutes yesterday looked shocked. Yeah, and I think that's probably he was touch and go for the Bromley game, which he played. Did he play all of the Bromley game? He didn't come off, did he? Yeah, yeah and yeah. then. You know, another game, and this is one of our players who's, you know, notoriously famous for getting injured, isn't he? And having these problems and having these spells out. So it is a worry, but what, you know, what do you do as a manager? What can't do anything else, can he? No, he took on Toff, didn't he? Because he brought uh, Morgan Williams on to freshen that up. And his manager spoke after the game about how he hoped the Worthington and uh, Hunt would be fresher for Tuesday at Wrexham. But like you say, for if they're fresher, there's still another nine of them that aren't, isn't it? Because they've all been playing for, for such a long time. But yeah, but with the options that we've got, uh, maybe even slightly fewer options now, uh, you know, what, what what else can we do unless there's someone is going to put their hand in their pocket and uh, spend some of this FA Cup money, all this prize money that we've had flood, uh, flooding in? Where's that money getting spent? TV money, where's that getting spent? Come on, where's it getting spent? Don't worry about Wrexham yet first. Probably on wages. Probably, yeah. yeah. Could be Um, covering the cost of the wages, who knows? As you said, Kate, we lost Knowles in the second half yesterday. Um, Very late, it was 90 minutes. Five minutes of additional time came up on the board. Knowles got thrown to the floor by the uh, David lad and subsequently was knocked out unconscious quite clearly in front of the uh, batches. And may I say, whilst I don't think the ref had a bad game yesterday, his uh, urgency to get the medical staff on his pitch was disgrace when the player was quite clearly unconscious. Um, and that Wilco and Staunton had to go over and check that he was okay. And the ref was diddly-dallying around bringing the medical staff on when you had a player out cold on the floor. It was pretty bad. Because um, he clearly wasn't time-wasting when we, it was one when we were pushing for a winner and we had a corner um it looked fairly obvious red card um i'd need to see it back to say that for certain um but that's another position gone as well because i don't think he'll be able to play on tuesday night go on then dr barrett when's he when's he allowed <laughs> to come back he's city editor and health yeah, editor exactly then <laughs> barrett phd <laughs> <laughs> You to be mean already, aren't you? Um, <laughs> right. Uh, we think, we think collectively, <laughs> it's going to be 19 days. Uh, there are two returns to playing when you've had a concussion. One of them is six days. One of them is 19 days. The six-day one relies on a number of circumstances being met, including pre-injury neurological testing, a dedicated neurological scientist, no doctor available on hand at all times that the player is active so training or or with the team or whatever it may be and only if he then passes a certain number of tests throughout the six days can he return a week later or you have to give a minimum of 14 days complete rest so no training no nothing for 14 days and then build up over the next five days passing the same set of tests that the six-day person can have and then come back on day 19. So I think if we have, I mean, there are a load more scenarios and circumstances that need to be met. If we can meet them and have met them and have the availability to have neurological doctors on hand at Hewish Park over the course of the next week, he could be back within six days. If not, it's likely going to be the return to uh, return to playing pathway that takes 19 days, which I think is only three potential games missed. Wrexham, and the FA Cup, and then one more. Before... Barnet, isn't it? Barnet in the league. FA yeah. Trophy thing? Yeah, there's yeah. Barnet in the league on the 11th, and then the FA Trophy's the 18th, isn't it? So if he was back, he'd be back the Wednesday before that FA Trophy game, I think. 
Okay, so it's likely to be, be the, FA, the FA Trophy that we'll likely be able to see him in, assuming he passes all the tests. If he fails any of the tests, you then push back 24 hours, 48 hours each time he fails a test along the route. So 19 days would be a minimum. That's oh, yeah. what the FA guidelines say. Don't fall in love with footballers. Nope. Yeah, go and get concussed and break your heart. He Thank did look... He did look dazed when he got back up. He was he was leaning over the advertising boards um next to the screw fix and he did look dazed. He did look like he'd taken a knock and as you know I'm a boxer, he looked like he'd taken a punch and was on unsteady legs. And I wouldn't be as much as we need him and we he's become one of our most influential players and he's finding some incredible form at the moment. I wouldn't be delighted to see him back in the side until we know that any concussion is gone because that's a that's a real concern it's such a frustrating one isn't it because he was like you said starting to hit form after not really having a great start to the season and then for it to happen in such a like like annoying way like a coming together and should have been a red card and all this type of stuff it's just really frustrating and when you've only got 14 or 15 fit players like it's the last thing we needed is our one of our main creative outlets to be out ahead of Wrexham as well he looked like he was injured already beforehand he was limping up and down the wing um he always looks like that though he always looks injured he limps around everywhere I remember at Solihull, he got kicked to high heaven. And I was thinking he's going to get taken off. He's going to get taken off. And he never did. He ended up shithousing them off for, for a red card. It was brilliant. But they absolutely battered the crap out of him. He just gets booted all all ends everywhere. I don't read too much into his limping, because I think he's always limping. <laughs> Ciao. I'll have to watch next time I see him. <laughs> he, he, was, he was limping very gingerly for a player who was chasing a win. Yeah, well, he's a midfield player. You've got to be ginger in the oval midfield. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they made up the 66%. Exactly. <laughs> so to walk gingerly. Can I say, I'm just pleased that we've now got a concussion editor as well. As, someone, as Elliot said to me last night, I've knocked a few people out in my time. Good job you said you were a boxer there. Otherwise, people would just think we brought you on to, you know, talk about knocking people out. But... <laughs> I'm not, the, I'm not the concussion editor, though. That's Ben. <laughs> He's the medical expert. He knows what it's all about. Okay. So who do we who do we have left at uh, against Wrexham then? Can we move on to Wrexham now? Well, Done concussion. Um, I think I've probably covered the Dover situation. To be honest, it wasn't a pretty game. No. Um, the highlight was definitely a. Six out of seven, Bob rule, just because it was so cold. <laughs> and we'll, meet, we'll file it in one of those poor days at Jewish Park where the weather wasn't kind. The players didn't look like they played in wind before. Everyone was a bit tired, and we we scraped the point out of it. Like let's let's face it, we kept the unbeaten run going, and we can move on. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't good. It wasn't what we expected, but we got a point out of it, and I think we'd have snapped people's hands off for it in that sort of middle part of the early season when we were struggling. I think if you'd have offered me seven points out of these three and yeah. it was three points for Dover, one point at Bromley, three points at Dagenham, I'd have been all over it. And yet here we are, 3-3-1 three, three, as opposed to 3-1-3 three, three, and we're feeling a bit mm, mm, iffy. But actually, do you know what? This is a cracking seven points. You take those two wins. Those two wins are huge. We've got a thing about Hewish Park at the moment. I don't quite understand what's going on why we can't seem to get going at Hewish Park at the moment that Woking game was good but we didn't really have to be very good on that occasion Woking were pretty shoddy so yeah maybe that's something to look into maybe we need to not play at Hewish Park anymore <laughs> can we go back to Dorchester <laughs> might have to yeah we, we were great at Hewish Day last, the last game as well we were really good that day so I don't know. I think we've we've just been in a great run of form and we've got a tired team. And as we're going to move on to Wrexham now, we're going to see quite how tired this team's going to be by oh, Tuesday yeah. night. Yeah. So I, I count it up. We've got 14 players. Is that right? Because there's no Stephen. Well, so who are we missing? You've got, well, we've got the two goalkeepers. So only one of them is going to play in it. So that's that. That's one of them I on the bench, isn't it? 
You can well, we put two of them in? Can well, we put two people Grant in? Smith's goal? good with his feet. Yeah, yeah. The Portuguese <laughs> yeah. side yesterday had a big bad, big bout of uh, COVID. Had to go yeah. play Benfica, and they stuck a midfielder, a goalkeeper in midfield because they had no other players. Did it's they? doable. Yeah, there you go. Okay. They lost seven nil, but it's fine. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great bit of stats there. Yeah. They had to. They, had, they actually fielded nine players. They only started with nine. It's all they could scrabble <laughs> together, and they included a goalkeeper in midfield. And then uh, two of them got injured late in the second half, so the game was abandoned at seven. I bet can I that... just ask? Can I just ask that no one tells Scott Priest that another team played a goalkeeper <laughs> in midfield? <laughs> Did you know you can start a game with nine players, Scott? <laughs> don't don't pretend he doesn't already know. He's on to it. <laughs> I don't, think, I don't think he's competent enough to know any rules. <gasps> it's gone there. Jesus, hello. <laughs> hello. Now we're off and running. <laughs> but yeah, who's going to play? I think we'll usual back four, you'd have thought, providing Wilco doesn't need patching up. I think it's probably just going to be Bradley in for Knowles. Is it? Or are we going to stick with the same tactics? Are we going to... Uh, well, I was thinking maybe we go three centre backs. Oh, we bring no. Williams in and then play your wing backs. I was play crying Moss out for Barnett. that yesterday. Yeah, I was crying out for that yesterday. Could have changed the game. I think we're so used to a back four that if we suddenly switch to a back three and change the entire like structure of the team, that could be disastrous. I mean, it depends if we're going into Rex and thinking this is a no lose situation. Then it is. <laughs> does a back three turn into back five at Wrexham there? So what if it does? If you've got the right, if you've got a few attacking players, so what if it does soak up a bit of pressure? He finished with does? three at the back, didn't he? Yeah, on, yeah. Saturday, uh, on yesterday. Yeah, did, did he, he push Thornton towards the back? Yeah, that's what they were saying on the commentary anyway. Yeah, there was people all over the place by the 90th <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> we had 10 men on the pitch because Noles had to go off and we had no subs left. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I think that we could have used a concussion sub, but did we only have four on the bench, or did we have five on the bench yesterday? No, no we, we had, had, we had five. five. I don't think the concussion subs come in at this level, unfortunately. They not. Mm. No, EFL and Premier League only, I think. Con- concussion expert has spoken again. Yeah, Chris- <laughs> Christian Perslow says we've given oh. him enough. Um, yeah, I think... It- I think the the base, you know, the base of our defense has been so good with a back four, and and that Gorman and Staunton sort of protecting. I think if you do anything different, if you change those partnerships, which are so strong, just feels to me like that's a recipe for disaster. Even if they are, you know, tired, I think to suddenly throw Morgan Williams in with Hunt and Wilkinson, who've got a good partnership. Just, I think you might lose a bit of that strength, that solidity. I think we could do with not getting absolutely pumped there. Mm. And if we're changing formation around and trying things that we haven't tried out, it could turn into one of those moments where they don't look like they know each other. Yeah. And we could do without sort of losing four or five nil. If we, I think. I think we're not go, expecting to go there on a Tuesday night and come away with a win. If we come away with a win, that is an amazing three points. I'm looking at Ben and Ben singing. <laughs> we're going there expecting the win. But when we've got 14 players, if we go there and take three points, that's incredible. If you take a point, that's fantastic as well. You don't go there with too much anticipation at Wrexham on a Tuesday night at the moment. What we could do, is, if we're going to lose, keep it to 1-2-0. Like... They didn't go to Bromley with any expectation to do anything last Tuesday night either, they did we? Or so, Dagenham. Or Stockport. Well, we thought we might nick something at Dagenham. All right. <laughs> okay. Th- so. Yeah, I think I think Bradley in for Knowles, maybe put Wakefield the other side. He's only talked about using Bradley in wide. wide so Bradley is part of a front three. Well, as a or a midfield five, however, you know, if we haven't got the ball, it's gonna be that, I go. I'm. I go with Sonny and roll the dice. Stuff. Yeah, it, but get don't you keep Sonny in? No. So you. So your midfield three stays the same. You've got Phil and Grant and Matty Worthington. Oh, and then yeah, you've got your, Then you've got your front three. I'm Sonny st- on. I'm still in Gorman suspended mode. No. 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 So normal three in the middle. I then roll the dice on Sonny. Get out of early doors. Okay. It's stats time, kids. Sit down. 
um, make yourself comfortable. Everyone's uh, in, a, in, in of the same frame of mind that we're pretty naff at home and have been recently. We've got 12 points at home. We scored eight goals. That's pretty naff. Pretty naff. Wrexham have 13 points at home and have scored seven goals all season at home. They've only won three games at home. We've only won three games at home. So they're not feeling great on their own patch either. I'm not going into this feeling like we're going to go and smash them and do what we did to Stockport. But there's absolutely no reason to say we can't go there and get something. There's no reason we can't get at them early and, and make them really go for it and make them feel under pressure because we can do that. We have done that. And if we end up going 1-0 up early doors and then unlike at Dagenham and Bromley, they get an equaliser. Heck, they go on and win the game. I don't really mind too much. I say we go out there and we give them hell for the first half hour. Give them absolute hell and just try and shock them. Because defensively, clearly, they're not amazing at home. Don't get me wrong, away from home, they've scored seven goals at home. Away from home, they've scored 26. It's staggering. But at home, there's questions to be answered there at Wrexham. Why not? Sod it. Seven points out of them three. This is a bit of a freebie. Anything we get out of this is great. I say you stick Sonny on and you roll the dice and say, stuff it. Have a crack at them. If it doesn't work, so what? They did score five away at Aldershot and six away at Kings Lynn, didn't they, Wrexham? But I, I was talking to a Wrexham podcast this week and they were saying to me that um, at home they... Uh, they have a lot of players that look like they were feeling the pressure of playing in front of, well, say big crowds, 8,000, I think they get in, which is big for this level, isn't it? Um, yeah, and they were saying that they there was definite weight of anticipation um, on a lot of the players. So as you say, if you can, you know, get ahead early in the game as we as we have been doing recently or you can stop them from from playing for a bit you could see the um you know the crowd getting on the players backs they also have a couple of players who look like they might be out um through injury uh, in defensive positions as well i think it's lennon harry lennon who plays at the back for them and aaron hayden who was one of their big money signings in the summer both look like they could be out for tuesday of a for our trip on Tuesday. So defensively, they might have a few, you know, a few people coming in who aren't quite as experienced as well. So there could be opportunities for us there. But um, yeah, I, I'd say, well, I can't remember. Every every time I try and remember how many points I said we were going to get out of these four games, I get it wrong. So I won't say it again. But the uh, <laughs> well, Ben will pull me up on, on getting it wrong anyway. But I think we're in credit. Oh, wait, yeah, exactly. We're well in credit, aren't we? So this is a free hit, isn't it? I, I, I don't, I mean, I'll drive down to Wrexham, but I, I'm not going there with any great expectation of us getting anything. Um, so, yeah, go for it. Why not? It seems a lot of these Tuesday night games that Wrexham play as well, they get a lot of draws and they go, mm. they go behind in a lot of them. They rely, they rely on Mullen to sort mm. out week in, week out, clear up the mess. And Ben's losing confidence as Ben always does, but he is right. They are they're they're in fairly similar form to us. Um or I don't I'm not sure actually in form, but they they're in and around us in the league table. They're not flying high like everyone sort of anticipated and expected. There's a lot of names in that side, but I I think they their results haven't sort of proven their their team. There's nothing to say that we can't go there and get something. I think yesterday they were playing against 10 men as well, and it took yeah. them a, bit of, a bit of time to get that second goal. So, and they yeah. couldn't and they couldn't break down Wilston at home, nil-nil. They couldn't beat Torquay at home, and who knows what's going on down there at Torquay this season. They uh, went 1-0 up early doors, and then uh, Lemon Hay Evans scored late on for Torquay, so they couldn't see them off. They only scraped past Marine at home in the FA Cup. It was 2-0, but again, they had to fight for it. Draw against Chesterfield, draw against Notts County, scraping past Woking and Dagenham at home. I mean, they're not blowing anybody out of the water. They've only scored more than two once this season on their home patch, and that was on the first day. No, that was last season. That was on the last day of last season. I can't even count. Brilliant. So they've not even scored more than two at home all season, which for a defensively solid unit, who have been very good at keeping key players quiet all season, we should be rubbing our hands at that. But then, like you say, they are top of the form table for the last six games, but that is largely based on their away performances. Yes, I think yes, their home please. form is put some bang in the middle of the, of the division. I mean, we're third in the uh, form table, aren't we? 
Yeah, over the last six games. Maybe the last six games. So which of Ada Yusuf's hat-trick is going to be your favourite one? The fourth one. The fourth one? He's going to score four, is he? Okay. A four-goal hat-trick, yeah. And then he's just going to go to sleep. He's going to hibernate. He's going to sleep till the FA Cup. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to release his inner squirrel and just sleep until until New Year. They hate him. They hate him, don't they, at Wrexham? Because yeah. this, this story, the, the guy on the Wrexham podcast was saying about this story about how we got off the bus, got off the bus on the way to an East League game um, on transfer deadline day this January um, because Chesterfield were in for him. Um, and apparently he asked to stop at one service station and they wouldn't let him off. And then at the next service station, he said, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just getting off. I, I don't know which service stations these were, but you know, if it was Gloucester services, then you could probably forgive him. Couldn't you? Because they do do a, <laughs> uh, a very good bacon sandwich in there. <laughs> Although I'm not sure whether he likes bacon sandwich. It might do. Isn't Gloucester the vegan one? No, you can get a but you get it's a farm shop one, isn't it? In Gloucester, yeah. But do you have a vegan service station? Is this a thing? I don't know. It's all very. I thought it was all a bit veggie there. All a bit veggie. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's, I'm sure there's a pig on the outside of it. So. <laughs> yeah, but he's alive, mate. So doesn't make any difference. <laughs> well, they don't move much for a, for a live pig. It's not a nice thing to say about Adi Yusuf. No, <laughs> talking about Ooh. services, Ben. <laughs> I like Adi Yusuf. I've decided I like him now. So he's going to keep Ruben Reed out of the team. So he's not. He's not good with me. Mm, Who no, knows? Ruben Reed might be back. They might have rush might, him back. He might have to be. Might have to be on the bench because otherwise it's going to be the four again, isn't it? It's going to be Bradley, Williams, Hayes, and Evans. Taking your boots, Ben. Well, I told you I was another going. goalkeeper. I told you I was going, but I didn't tell you why. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's true. Someone's finally heard about those 43 goals for Coombe St. Nicholas 4. <laughs> I think. Well, hang on a minute. You're a goalkeeper or you're a 42 goal? <laughs> both. We've, we've had this conversation, Dave. We've had the conversation. I was I'd, both. Yeah. I reckon BBC would pay you more for commentary than you'd get out of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Probably right. Yeah. You'd have to pay them subs. Like, <laughs> yeah. you like, and you had to pay those £2.50. Yeah. Younger. That's what you'd have to do for it. Yeah. Fiverr, cover the ref. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it mean I've got to put the nets out and bring the uh, flags back? Yeah, in you've got to get well. the corner flags. As well. oh, don't get, you don't get anything for that money. You're paying. Yeah. You'll have to sit on someone's shoulders for the nets as well. <laughs> I would yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sunday league. <laughs> someone stood on a bin underneath the nets, <laughs> wobbling, people falling off it. So dangerous, ridiculous, really, isn't that? Stop it! You are giving Scott ideas now at this point. You're going to see Luke Wilkinson and Josh Thornton. They're not just carrying bottles of water in. They're carrying the nets in with them and the corner flags now. I'm looking forward to next week when they're clapping the fans at the end in the LA 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 and Wilco's just grabbing the nets at the same time. (laughs) While we're here. (laughs) Okay, now, Darren, we didn't have to do this at Stevenage. Uh, (laughs) They've got a new manager, haven't they, Stevenage? Yeah. Down. Where are they now? He was at the ground. Yeah. He was he was watched the game, didn't he? Did a bit of uh, pre-announcement scouting at Hewish Park. Did he? He did. He was in the uh, in one of the directors' boxes, apparently, as a guest. Right. Which director? There's only two. Um, that one. That one. <laughs> I'm sure there was more room in ours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or was there? I don't know. Yes, there was. Or was that? That director's box did look did look very very busy at Huge Park yesterday. I uh, did it. Yeah, I couldn't see properly because my, I had my scarf in my face and my glasses and keep steaming up. I was trying to squint to look, but it did look busy across there. See if you, yeah, you didn't see Abramovich, no. Um, I'm not dropping names, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've not got any clever cast like early news to drop today. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> the attendance was a bit Grand. low again, oh, wasn't it? Sorry. <laughs> well, can I, can this, I give... this is what I was just thinking about what Ben was saying about Wrexham and their home form. You look at Yeovil and they're playing in front of two, well, 2,000, 
effectively. We had 1,600 one night at Hughes Park, and it's, it has looked very empty some weeks. You look at Wrexham, and the pressure's going to be on when they're playing in front of 8,000 every week. These are National League players. Whether they're, whether they're actually that standard or not, they're playing in National League. They a lot of these players don't expect to be turning up and playing in front of 8,000 crowds on a weekly basis. It's going to get in their heads. It really is going to get in their heads. At Hewish Park, we only just had that for the playoff semi-final. Our championship season, we averaged that. I think it was probably lower than that even. Um, in front of 8,000 in the conference. I mean, I'm not surprised whatsoever they've only scored seven goals. Um, I think their fans back them pretty well as well, to be fair. Um, I don't think they get on their backs from what I've seen, but maybe that maybe that is another reason why we might just go there and nick a smash and grab 1-0 win where they can't break us down. Their fans are getting a little bit restless. They're, they're like, oh, we're back here again. It's, it is every week. It's a, it's a playoff-type game for them. It's crazy. And you think they haven't even got one of the Enzers not yeah. got anyone in it either at the moment as well? They had to take off the uh, covers off of it yesterday because they were worried they're going to get caught up in this wind and and fly away. The TikTok Imagine. banner, yeah, exactly the TikTok banner. Well, maybe they've got a few Hollywood fans now. Maybe they've got a few people that have come in that haven't uh, watched uh, lower league football before. So maybe they will get a bit uh, a bit on their backs because they're not playing like uh, Manchester City or somebody like that. And I bet it's frustrating for the players as well. Yeah. I'm not sure what kind of. Um, crowds Cambridge got at the top end of the league two last year, but was Paul Mullen playing in front of 8,000 who were expecting not just to win each game, but to walk this league, by the way. Oh. What was Ben Tozer in front of at Cheltenham? I mean, he's been a little bit higher. He would be used to playing in front of bigger crowds and stuff. Obviously, he had his time at Newcastle and whatever. But this is not just a crowd that's in big in number. It's big in expectation. They should be walking this league. They should be over. They should have booked the open top bus. Should be done. <laughs> but you know, it, give them your booking. No, God, we still need it. <laughs> um, so I think I think they're there to be had a go at early. Quality may prevail through, as it did against Bromley, as it did in a couple of other games when they did manage to get three points against Dagenham and Redbridge. Good teams. And if it does, so what? So what? I say we go there and we try and, and just have a right crack at them because, like you say, go 1-0 up early doors, as we have done time and time again, and then hold on for dear life. <laughs> Going back to Ian's point, though, it was a shame to see only 2,000 out for a team mm. in form as we are. Um, I think that says everything you need to know. I know it's a windy, cold day. Um, it'd be really interesting to see what the crowd is next week at this evening's game, especially with it being late kickoff on TV. Can, can I say, however, though, that credit to the 21 people who travel from Dover? Because if you were in the form that they were in, and you, I mean, Dover's a long way from everywhere, isn't it? But um, pfft, to travel to Yeovil after, what were they? They were in one all season, have they? And they've got four, three league points and one drawing against Yates in the, uh, in the FA Cup. I mean, yeah, for 21 people to do that to themselves. But they got a point, didn't they? So, um, yeah, they, they they probably deserve it. But credit to credit to the, the twenty one who made up the six two thousand and sixty two. I think it was in the end. Yeah, means then it means they're now just sixteen points off Kings Lynn, yeah. and then a further six off of South End, and yeah. seven off of Weymouth and Survival. Yeah. So yeah, credit to that's, them. That's that's a that's a staggering effort. I'm <laughs> I'm just looking at our attendances because we've got that page on the website. Oh, about the um like high attendances and like the top 10 are Leeds United, Liverpool, Manchester United twice, Bristol City, Bristol Rovers, Queen's Park Rangers in the championship, which was 9,000, Forest, Bristol City, Forest in the semi-final. Then at number 11 it is Rushton and Diamonds in 2001. Then it was 8,868 went to watch that game. You're saying these are all big away followings that have boosted all this. Are you slagging off Dover for not bringing more than 21? <laughs> no, I'm just talking about pressure and playing in front of uh, yeah. a Was crowd. Was and... Rushton game one where we absolutely pumped them? No. Nil-nil. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Was that when the Was that when the the first game with a roof on the 
Yeah, I think it Home was. End. It was the season season we missed. They went up and we didn't go up, wasn't it? Yeah. It was that season towards the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the others are sort of end of season. Lincoln when we won the league. Um, a good crowd for Colchester in 06. Was that? that At was the, the FA year. Cup game? No, was no. It? it was 6th of May, 2006. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, 2006, 6th of May. Um, <laughs> it's in my mind. <laughs> it's got to be an end of season game, hasn't it? Yeah, 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 but that's what I'm thinking. It's not. What year was the playoffs? Seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah, so maybe it was well done for staying up, Tomo. <laughs> like it would have been the end of Tomo before Slade came in, wouldn't it? So, yeah, it's a but, strange one. Yeah. To put into context, look how big all those games are for us. Yeah. Yeah. They had like record attendances, like said, Bristol City, Ravers, Derbies, or playoff games, or FA Cup games, and yeah. Rexham pulling that in every week. Yeah, yeah, and the, you know those yeah close close games and Premier League teams. So yeah. On the subject of Wrexham, though, we did ask their questions, and we only got a couple, but we, we did get one from Jude Horsball, who we kind of answered this the first part of this question. But he says, how do we pitch this game, the Wrexham game, considering the FA Cup looms? Do we rest anyone or keep it business as usual? Well, Ben's answered the question already, isn't he? Because he's going for he's going for a 10-0 win against um against Wrexham. But would anybody else rest any players uh with the FA Cup game coming up? Would you? How could we possibly rest any well, players? Say, how, who have you got? <laughs> we don't possibly have players who could be rested <laughs> we could rest grant smith but what's the point <laughs> i would put ollie aced in for one of the ginger lads <laughs> as long as one of the others walks gingerly exactly yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll put ollie Haste in a ginger wig on the page have you looked at the website are the pictures of storm uh, of gorman and um worthington next to each other they are actually the same person <laughs> They, they're literally the same person. I swear. It's Sam's just taken one photo and just, just. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one's got a slightly more. Do you think, you know, looking at Stevens going out on loan, mm. is that looking like a mistake? I don't know. Like, I mean, he wasn't getting game time. Was he ever going to get game time anyway? But you know, if you think this game's a gimme, it's a good chance to have him out there and rest anyone i think it's a strange yeah. one to cup time yeah, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think i think the timing of it's a bit odd i think maybe he could have gone on loan now <laughs> and now and you know after they've had their or, or whatever it may be and especially because they got now. knocked out as well yeah uh, yeah that was a, that, that was a strange one uh, the, um the hemel manager afterwards said that he was low on players because a couple of others that he had on loan weren't given permission to play wilston didn't want one of their guys cup tied and we obviously gave permission for Toby Stevens to play. So I'm a little bit surprised at that. Um, my thought on, on the Wrexham game would be, I hope we use three subs, even if it is Ollie Haste, who is the third sub. Because if the game is done one way or the other, if we've won it and we are 11-0 up, or if we're, we've lost the game, like make the subs, do try and give people moments of rest because you have no choice but to try and do that, even if it is 20 minutes of just chilling out with your legs in ice and whatever else it needs to be. I think it's going to be quite important to try and do that with that FA Cup game that potentially means so much on the other side of it. So I don't think I, I agree with you guys. There's not a lot of you can do in rest and rotation unless Bradley comes in for somebody. But um, I hope we use all three subs, even if that means giving the young lad a, a, a bit of a run. I actually would be surprised to see Williams come on early for Wilkinson. We'll start the game maybe. Or maybe start the game. I mean, we played a 4G pitch, hadn't we, on Tuesday night, which mm. we know Wilkinson, his body despises a 4G pitch. Um, I was quite surprised they played him, but it sounds like it was a perfect decision in the end, coming away with three points there. Um, but maybe that had an impact on yesterday. Maybe, maybe we could do just giving him that rest again. Well, then are you saying that maybe we go Williams and Hunt and have Wilco there? in case it's 1-0 to us and we need to shore things up and you turn around and you've got Luke Wilkinson there and you go, this is handy, actually. Go out and give me half an hour of just chucking your head in the way of everything. Absolutely. And that's no slight on Wilco whatsoever mm. because he's a fantastic player, but we need him. We need, Our performances with Wilco in the side are 
a class above our performances without Wilco in the side. But we need those consistently for the next 10 weeks, not the next two weeks where he picks up another, another knock and we lose him for another six weeks. We need him to be rested, recovered, and not just <laughs> thriving on cortisol injections and getting by every week. I think the other thing that surprises me is that we've still got those two lone spots that for whatever reason we haven't filled and i just think you know why is that obviously we had the two guys from exeter who would probably be pretty handy right now we've lost dion Pereira as well who i think would have looked to me like he was had something about him just think why where where are these you know two spots normally we we could have seven and we'd be struggling to Put them all on the, in we, the squad. We had seven, did we not? We did have seven at one point. Yeah. Yeah, we had now too many. We've only got three. Yeah. And you yeah. don't want to rely on it, but at a point where obviously we're obviously not spending money, we're obviously not going to sign anyone permanently or bring anyone in. So we need to lean on those relationships with other clubs. Have Luton got any other players that can come down? Like. I think it was it was it was said, wasn't it, that we were basically not paying for any of these loans. No, no. So we, you know, is anyone giving out free loans? It's not just is anyone giving out loans. Is anyone giving out free ones? Um, and they're few and far between. And there has been, you know, mutterings of discontent. There was a word, wasn't there, from the Exeter manager about about the uh, the one that wasn't playing. What was his name? Dyer. Dyer didn't play. There was a little muttering. Dion Pereira went back with a bit of a cloud over him so there's just mutterings i do wonder you know are we not necessarily paying the price for it that's ridiculous but there was a, a conversation the other day there was a sort of a throwaway line from sal saying he was in talks with a championship side about a player but clearly nothing's come through to fruition there i don't think we're, we're in a position to say yeah we'll pay 10 20 30 40 50 percent of someone's wages for a couple of months it's so, a catch it's a catch 22 isn't it because players Clubs want to send their players to a club who know that they're going to be looked after, but they're going to send players who are going to get, you know, chances are they're going to get run into the ground for Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and really have to like work very hard. And is that a reason, you know, that might be a reason for some clubs to think I'd rather you spend, a, you know, another month in the under 23s than go there just now because it won't be good for your development playing that much I don't know it's this I don't know and I know that Nathan Jones said oh it hadn't broken the relationship between Luton and Yeovil but the reality is it probably could we had a player who played one game and he went straight back and you are going to think twice about sending another player back there Sonny Blue's not starting every week either he's on the bench um getting 20 minutes here and there. Um, yeah. And we need a striker. What? <laughs> Most importantly, we need a striker. Even we? more so now, at least when Quigley was fit, at least you had that option of Quigley or Yusuf. And now it's like, it's just Yusuf on his own and that's not going to, you know. Ever. You can't turn to anyone, can you? You can't right. turn to anyone and say, actually, Yusuf, like, you haven't been performing for the last five games. You haven't got a goal, etc. I'm going to take you out the side and put such and such in. There's no one to turn to. But we're still, going to win at, we're still going to win at Wrexham. <laughs> Is it time for Benjani Jr.? That's all I'm saying. Just throwing it out there. Scored again. There. He scored again. And Joshua John got a hat-trick for the under-18 to the weekend. Get him in. There you go. When Benjani scores, Ben will belt out of the press box at the race course and he'll be on quicker quicker than a uh, Parisian chariot racer. He'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put that in context for everyone else. No, no, no don't, 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 <laughs> do it. don't do it. Leave it. Let them, let, let them fester on that. Oh, one. they're going to okay, wonder right. now, aren't they? What? No, they're not. What are they're they not talking about? They're going to be Googling Parisian chariot racing or something. Yeah. You know? Um, we have got one more question. Can I can I finish with this question from Matt Crivelli? Yeah. So Matt Crivelli asks, and I will give a little bit of explanation to this one afterwards. He says, what's the best slash worst graffiti you've ever seen at a football ground? Now, the reason that Matt is asking this was he was at Hewitt's Park at the weekend and he pointed out, well, his wife pointed out because this is about the ladies 
toilet facility. So Matt wasn't in the ladies' toilet facilities. So I anything to add. But he said, if anyone thinks Hewish Park isn't in need of an update, my wife informed me during today's game that there's graffiti in the ladies' toilets in the Thatcher's Terrace that reads, I love Gary Johnson. Wheelie is fit. And I'm also told there's some indication as to the attractiveness of Chris Cohen. Now, I'm not saying any of you will have seen any of this graffiti because <laughs> none of us have been in the ladies' toilets to part. But um, what would be your best slash worst graffiti you've ever seen at a game? I mean, that's a that's a wide. Yeah, that's a hard question because I just don't think I would. Notice. You wouldn't notice any graffiti. <laughs> well, I, I saw this one early, so I did have a little more time to think about it. And I did post a picture back to Matt. Um, and I think this was a game that I was at you with, Ben. Uh, one of the Hartlepool games we saw. And there was just a... Morrison's. Uh, we did buy chickens from Morrison's. And we walked past two very random pieces of graffiti. There was one that just said, I was here, but here spelled H-E-A-R. And then the other one, and I've put this on, on, on Twitter, just says, and I quote, odd sock spark plug. What does that even mean? <laughs> if, anybody, if anybody knows why anyone would spray paint odd sock spark plug on what looks like it could be a burger van or something, a burger, uh, I don't know, bar, maybe. Answer well, a postcard. If anyone's listening in Hartlepool, let me know. Well, Kate, as you'll know, I won't have been spotting the graffiti at Hartlepool matches from my past. No, no, no. You, you would have seen it, but it would have been in about three, three of the same, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Having been slightly intoxicated at a certain game. I do remember at Crawley, the they have an underpass on the way to the ground, and that's very graffitied. Um, yeah, that's the only <laughs> one I can think of. Yeah, but there's nothing, there's nothing that stands out from that graffiti. No. All right, okay, right. Matt, we're gonna have to come back to you on this one. I don't have rubbish ones, but I have good ones. In Leeds, there is a local artist, graffiti artist called the Burley Banksy, and he paints on all of the like the Virgin Media boxes, loads of Leeds United things. Seen about this, yeah. And he goes completely around the town and does loads of them. And there is a Luke Ailing one, there's one on the wall not far from um, probably about a mile from Ellen Road. And it says something like um, when Luke Ailing scored that wonder goal for Leeds, but there's like a big thing on a wall. If I can find a picture of it, I will send it to Dave, our social media editor, to put on the social media. Or or reply to Matt's post, Matt's question on the Glover's cast. Reply to that. And then Matt can see it in all its glory. Uh, Oh, yes. Ball breaks. So it's it's, it's commentary lines, I think. I I will download the picture and I will send it to... Send it to that thread and it will make sense when everyone listens. There was a similar one in Preston of Paul Huntingdon. They have a, uh, um, a, a Yeovil Town link and, and, and it referred to him as the Cumbrian Cannavaro. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> there Accurate. you go. Great player. Great, yeah, great player. player. Yeah. Um, not playing for Preston. Let's get him in. <laughs> is he not? No, not playing. No, no. How old is he now? Uh, can't. I don't know, mid 30s, something like that, 34, 33, 34. Does he play 250 games there? He must must have played that many. I don't know how quickly you think I can type on my phone, but um, <laughs> probably around about that. He could volley uh, a ball he from played any height. 261 games he's played for Preston North End, and he's 34 years old. Stick him up yeah. top. Yeah, <laughs> let's get him in. <laughs> I'll always thank him for that 2-2 at Chef Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonkers game. Absolutely incredible. Ended up with a back five, I think. I think Andy Williams was right back. He was centre-back. Adam Virgo came on, got sent off. Um, Max Aimer was in there. Andy Welsh was left back. We had about 19 defenders on the pitch at that point. Yeah, that was class, that. (laughs) What, 19 defenders out of nine men? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, But he uh, he hasn't played a single game for Preston this season for one, didn't I'll go, I'll go down tomorrow. I'll have a word. I'll pick him up. Bring him down to Wrexham. Yeah, I will. I don't think he's going to run off Yusuf in the same way that uh, James Hayter type striker would, but... Paul Hunting did On that I point, what's James Hayter up to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we should just phone up Jamie Kieran, if I'm honest. I wouldn't turn him down. He's still bagging that fellow, isn't he? He's about yeah. 50, he's still bagging. Chris Dagden will be back next week. Yeah. He's, isn't he... Uh, isn't he Banging them in for for um, whatever they were called for Dicko's boys. Yeah, 
he is banging them in for decades, yeah. boys. There you go. <laughs> What's he knows? He's got a season ticket. <laughs> it's appealing. It's appealing, believe me. Um, just on the note of players picking things out of thin air, like Paul Huntington could, Jordan Barnett's first touch is incredible. That is one positive that I took out of yesterday's game. When the ball is coming to him, I think Nathan Jones used to have a good first touch um, from memory. It's going back away now, though. Taking a few punches in that time. But, uh, <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Barnett's first touch, you can pick anything out and control it. Amazing. It's just your last Jordan Barnett appreciation comment, was it? Before we I was trying to, I was trying to pick a positive out from yesterday. Oh, if it was if it wasn't the bubble at halftime, it was Jordan Barnett's first touch. <laughs> and that, my friends, is how you be more Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> a positive, a first touch. Right, lads. Fine. That think... it. Are you? Um, do you want to tease the thing that's the the thing that the Dave's did and the thing that the thing in or not? What, the Howard Forrington and Mickey Englow interview? Oh, oh, he's da, da, da. <laughs> oh dear. He's broke it. He's broken it. Wow. Tell us. Um, give us details. Yeah, Dave. Lads. Uh, I spoke to uh, Mickey Englow and Howard Forrington. Mickey Englow, the captain of the 1995, 96, 96, 97 season. Howard Forrington, as everybody knows, my favourite all-time Town player in what I can only describe as the most fanboy interview I've ever done in my life. Uh, and it is going to go live on Wednesday. Wednesday. It will be yeah. like Ben saying, hiya gaffer. But it will be <laughs> me going, oh, hiya, we know you, all right. Yeah, tune in on Wednesday to hear Coach's yeah. squeal. Squeal, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's going live. Yeah, the first of our Glover's past on the Glover's cast. That was my I, name. I came up with that. I'm going to say, I'm hoping I introed that right. I think I did, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was a bit excited at the time. <laughs> Elliot, if I yeah. could wave a magic wand and I could interview any former Yeovil Town player on your behalf for Glover's past on the Glover's cast, who would it be? Dicko. Oh. I love you, Dicko. <laughs> we've had enough we've had enough Kyle Dickinson podcasts and stuff that we, yeah he don't want to do yeah. ours he's, he's, he's worried we're going well, to ask he's, him he's never questions. officially rejected has he no, but he's, no. he's never replied he's read a lot of our requests <laughs> and we've had a lot responded. of we've had a lot of Aileen and people like that I think Cohen I do think Cohen would be great um, we haven't really heard a lot from him since his time here and he was an unbelievable player and an incredible servant to Forrest as well. I think that would be a that'd be great because he was a local lad when he um came through, did amazing things for us and went on to do amazing things. We yeah, send some emails, boys, don't we? We, we, do, emails. we do have another question that we always ask guests that we probably we forgot. Oh, yeah. Did we ask Marcus it? I don't know. Marcus has been on before. Yeah, I don't know it. if you asked him. Uh meal deal of choice, Elliot. Meal deal of choice. I Chicken and stuff and sandwich. Uh, can we do a? Are we talking Christmas meal deals, Dave? Ask, ask right Ben. Now. As long as there's not cranberry in it, Ben, <laughs> Ben will be all right. I would have a brie and cranberry sandwich, and I know that is going to offend Ben. <laughs> <laughs> brie and cranberry sandwich. Ben is just literally falling off of his chair. <laughs> <laughs> is that the most Tory sandwich you've ever heard in your life? Brie and cranberry. <laughs> I'll tell you what a fantastic meal deal there is. <laughs> and Ben will like this, is if you go to Morrison's, the salad bar is now in the meal deal. You can get a medium salad bar, a drink and a snack. So the drink is always a cherry Pepsi Max and the snack is an onion bargies. I normally go to Samosa for the snack. Yeah, or Samosas. Samosas are very good as well. Good and, the, and, and the reason for the cherry Pepsi Max is that they're 600 mil bottles. They're bigger. They are. See, I, Ben, I feel like you really approve of this meal deal choice. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Elliot somehow he hasn't commented on cranberry this. and brie. I have <laughs> yeah. um, Do you just fill your salad up with pasta, though? Or do you get any salad? Oh, no. You get a bit of salad in there, you get a bit of pasta, you get a bit of this, you get a bit of that. Oh, all, okay. the, all the bacon bits you can fit on at the end. Yeah. <laughs> bit of cheese as well on top. There's never <laughs> any green on one, though. It's literally just pasta or <laughs> onion barges or cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much it's not a most... salad. Like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anything but a salad. It was like my Carberry last week, which had everything bar veg on it. 
<laughs> the pre-match nice. carvery was the future anyway nice balanced yeah. diet there yeah Dagenham I can't wait till we go there again Saturday afternoon carvery's the future there we go what a place to leave it on yeah. <laughs> cheers lads thank, thank you. you very much see ya and with a quick turn skipper Alex Dock slams it in there's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, he's found him via the deflection, it's Aaron Davis, he could win it, he probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh and it's an opening goal, what a start, Madden after just six minutes gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com